So those of you out in the listening audience have probably heard the saying, the best laid plans of mice and men, right? Sometimes no matter how well you plan things, no matter how much you try and resolve everything ahead of time and get things set up, sometimes things just go sideways. There's nothing you can do about it, right? You kind of have to roll with the punches. Well, that was kind of the case with our podcast uh, this week. Uh, as we are going to to taping, uh, we had some technical problems in the studio, and because of that, at certain times during the podcast, you're really not going to get the sound of uh, me and my my co-host Dave on the high fidelity bandwidth that you're used to. Uh, fortunately, we were able to sort of salvage things from the recording that was made on the other side of our interview uh, with our our uh, our guest this week. And so you're going to hear, uh, sometimes you're going to hear our voices and they're going to be very, very tinny as if we were coming in basically through a phone because, well, that's pretty much what we were doing. We were coming through a phone uh, and being picked up by our guest's microphone. Uh, rather than try and fake our way through it or come back in and sort of re-record really artificially trying to cover up the fact that there was this screw up, um, we've decided to kind of go with the flow and and uh, the, the good part is that really the person you're here to hear from, um, our interview guest, came through fine. So hopefully you're going to enjoy this anyway. Uh, you know, please forgive us for the the audio quality in certain places. Um, it actually gets cleared up mainly uh, by next week's segment. Uh, this was a great interview and it was so good we kind of split it into two parts. So you're going to hear the first part this week and you know, you're going to tune in next week, hopefully, um, and you're going to hear even more from our guest. So next week's episode um, didn't have quite as many of those problems. So if you can get through this week, I promise it's going to get better. Again, we apologize and I uh, hope you will uh, stick with it because our, our guest is fantastic. Okay, so without further ado, uh, let me go to this week's episode. Enjoy. Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Freels. And I'm Dave Guzman. Welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player. We look at it from some different angles and help you take your gigs and your gear to the next level. You can find us on the web at practicalbass.com. You can also use our contact form there to get in touch with us and let us know what you think. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, if you have some feedback about a show, we would love to hear from you. We read everything we get. You can reach us through that contact form or email us at podcast at practicalbass.com. And that goes straight to our waiting inboxes. You can also find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google+. We're pretty much everywhere that people are social, you can find us. And of course, you can do us a favor and share and subscribe to this podcast. If you've got musician friends, please feel free to pass this on. We try and cover things that are useful for lots of different musicians, but especially bass players. And that brings me to uh, today's special guest. You know, we've done this before. We've done uh, an interview show before, and I'm really, really excited uh, to have uh, a, a person who's who's uh, definitely become someone that I've, I've followed uh, with, uh, with, with great pleasure over a couple of years and, you know, just watch this person do amazing stuff. Um, you know, my, I would say my 
my example, my personal example of a very tasteful uh, and hardworking and learned and also uh, uh, kind and generous uh, bassist. He's got a great YouTube and Instagram presence. Some of those folks in our audience might have seen his 365 days of bass lessons in 2017. He's been a columnist for online bass website, No Trouble. He was recently profiled in Bass Player Magazine. He is also notably the first call bassist for Zigaboo Modal East, a drummer from The Meters. Hopefully nobody has to oversell Zig here because he's amazing. And uh, he recently toured with R&B superstar Jody Watley, and he does so much more. Uh, I want everybody to give a warm welcome to Ted Gould III, also known as Bliss, B-L-Y-S-S, a.k.a. Brother Theodore, how's it going, Ted? What up, what up, what up? Hey, man, thanks for uh, having me on your show. Yeah, and you're, so you're coming to us from uh, from the Bay Area this From the evening. Bay Area near Oakland, yep. And you kind of like move between, um, you know, kind of move between parts of the U.S., right? Because you're, you're Nola grown. I am Nola grown. I'm, I'm, uh, I wasn't born in New Orleans. I was actually born in Wichita. But uh, only because my father was in the Air Force and stationed there. No kidding. But yeah. I, I was born in Omaha. I, I, I lived in Omaha when I was a tiny babe myself. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, first first few years of life was, was over in Germany. And uh, uh, parents split up, went back to New Orleans, um, left New Orleans uh, in my mid-20s, um, came out to the West Coast. And now I kind of go back and forth between here and New Orleans. Yeah, so that means you've been there seven years because you're 27, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, like this. So, guy. so tell us. So, uh, so I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess we're gonna we're gonna start off with a with a little bit of, a little bit of sales talk here, and, sure. and uh, I hope you will forgive me, but I saw some interesting news uh, just yesterday as we're taping this, which is that you have a project going on under brother Theodore. Do you want to talk a little bit? Absolutely. About that? Absolutely. Thanks, man. I was wondering when this was going to air, if it's going to air in the uh, right up front. Yeah. Right up front. <laughs> I just, I just, I just launched a Kickstarter for my, uh, for my record. Um, the website is bro Um, it, you know, I've been a sideman for a long, long, long time, but I used to have aspirations of being an artist. Um, I've written a lot of songs, um, and there's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, and 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 I just really came to the place where the the musicians were right, the vibe was right, and it was time for me to just kind of lay down my own thing, and. Um, Super, 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 super proud of of what's going on, um, and it's not all me. It's definitely um, a serious team effort, and I've 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 got a guitar player Cam Perridge, uh, who's been my my cheerleader since the beginning. And you guys remember the movie uh, The Commitments? Oh yes. So um, Eamon Flynn, who was the uh, the keyboard player in the touring band for The Commitments is handling most of the keys um, on this record. Fantastic. And uh, also have a guest. Um, I, I don't want to give too much of it away, but uh, have a guest from Minnesota hoping to get that person on the record. It's a mix of New Orleans, Minneapolis, Oakland, and my own voice. And um, it's funky and it's soulful and... 
Um, I think everybody's going to dig it. And if they would check out brotheoproject.com and if they're so inclined to to help get it supported and funded, um, I'd be grateful. And there's some really dope rewards to go along with that. And and so this is, I mean, it's a great amalgam of the stuff that you do. I mean, it's of the stuff that you grew up on and the stuff that you play now, the stuff you used to play. uh, you know, I the first cut off that the five hundred four. I mean, I already put like I already put my money there in it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Single. It was and it's it's hot. Yeah. If you're out there. Go find the five hundred four. I mean, you can find it on YouTube. There's a link to the there's a link to the uh, Bandcamp site where you can pay for it. And you know, definitely do that because it is is well worth twice the money. Thank you. It's on Spotify, all that, on iTunes, all that stuff too. It's everywhere online. Yeah, everywhere online. Hey Ted, I'm I'm curious. Like I love um, one of my favorite things is like when bass players take the lead on songwriting, right? Mm-hmm. And because it because it comes from a certain angle, like it's really like deep rooted in uh, on the bottom end, and it just once it gets melodic, it just I don't know, it just sails. Mm-hmm. You like your process for that, or are you actually like do you have like um, do you have like files of stuff that you recorded, like thoughts for this, or is it just pretty much you're just it's all in the moment? Interestingly enough, um, there are uh, <laughs> the, the 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 tune that we're working on right now that I just can't wait to unleash is uh, called uh, "Inside My Groove," which is uh-huh. stylized dot img, uh, like the file name uh, file extension. Uh, that song I actually wrote back in the the late 90s it's gone through some several different incarnations and it's uh it's been sitting around the other uh, there's another tune i wrote for my wife when we first met uh called potion nine that's been around for a while um the the 504 came up quite honestly um i was walking and i had the bass line in my head and i i hummed it in my into my voice my my recorder on my phone and I sent it over yeah. to my homie and I was who's also from New Orleans Nate Cameron um, I don't know if you know Tank and the Bangers uh, yeah yes. so Nate Nate is their uh, is their tour manager um, yeah. and uh, he I, I said hey man write something to this and he came back with a verse and a hook and then I came back with a verse and uh, and that's how that song was born so it comes from different places but there's one thing that I, I'm glad you mentioned that as it's not a bass record. Um, Potion 9 is instrumental. That's the only instrumental so far on the record. But, you know, there's already a Jocko. There's already a Marcus. There's already, you know, and I'm not that really that guy anyway. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm more interested in songs and um and, and that's that's what I'm one of the things I'm really really proud of. I, this, you know, it's it's not a bass player record. There's not a ton of, you know. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's some, I think there's some matter fine bass playing on it, you know. <laughs> but I can vouch for that. yeah, but other than that, you know. You know, there there are great players out there. I tend not, I tend to be one of those people like I can't listen to like a whole album of, you know, bass improv. Basically. Sure. Like I, it, for me, it's all about the song, and that was one thing that I really loved about the 504. I mean, immediately was like, oh. Tower of Power, I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's all about the song. There's an arrangement, mm-hmm. there's a tightness to it. Mm-hmm. Love that. You know, I heard the the, uh, the arrangement you did of Allison, mm-hmm. which you know was beautiful. Uh, you know, another. I uh, love that song. Loved it for years. It was a great 
fresh take Thank on, you. you know, an old song that I love. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I heard the one that you did on that, uh, that piano. Uh, it was like a, the, the space there, between the space between. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this album. So, you know, again, I think to our listeners, you know, definitely go check out brotheoproject.com and, you know, do a little bit for a fellow bass players out there working the trenches. I sure do appreciate it. Yeah. And so, so let, let's talk about that. That is not the only thing going on though. It's not, you know, just the playing, but you're, you're also a regular teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think I ran into you. I think, you know, we, we got connected. I want to say it was like probably 2016. At some mm-hmm. point. You correct, you corrected, you corrected my, uh, my faux pas on can't stop the feeling. <laughs> yep, yep, and it was cool. It was cool, man. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and yeah, and we like Ted and I like we kind of just exchanged some Facebook messages. I was telling Dave before we got started. I said the way that I got, uh, you know, the way I, I guess I got connected to you is I saw some comments that you were making. It was probably some, you know, there was an online, you know, it was a Facebook group or something, and. Mm-hmm. There was just a way that you had about commenting on something that was of interest, and it was, uh, it was, it was wise, but it was gentle, and it wasn't like in your face. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who want to score points. They want to be hostile, or they want to, you know, they just want to, you know, I don't know, start drama or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you had a very, I thought, a very teacherly view. Right. And, mm-hmm. hey, there's no, there doesn't have to be one right answer, but here's one thing you could look at. Mm-hmm. And I just thought when I looked at that, I'm like, this is kind of a kindred soul mm-hmm. in, in terms of you know, it's not about right or wrong. It's about kind of thinking about what's right for you, making your own decision based mm-hmm. on what's coming from inside. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And uh, yeah, that, and, and I have seen, but but I've seen that that is that definitely comes out of you know very naturally out of the fact that you are a teacher. And you know, talk to us a little bit about what, what your teaching kids are like. You know, man, I first, you know, thanks for. <laughs> this is the washing your car portion of the show. Look, man, I don't, I don't, I don't. There's, there's nothing romantic about what I do, right? At the end of the day, I push a piece of string, a piece of metal string against a piece of wood that's magnified. You know what I mean? It's nothing. You know, it, I, I'm not curing cancer. You, yes. you you feel what I'm saying? So I shouldn't I shouldn't come off. And some people will be like, "Oh, well, you make people happy with me." Th- that's fine. You know, that's fine. But you know, I'm a worker bee like everybody else. Yeah. And um, I don't I don't mean to get on a soapbox or whatever. But there's like, you know, I'm gonna just say this, and I'm gonna try to say it delicately without getting in any, any trouble. There's a there's a there's a well known base educator who I like, I like a lot, who I think has super valid points, right? And I think this person is compl- is is constantly turning people off because there's always a constant need to be right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, your points are like hella valid. You know what I'm saying? But nobody wants to hear them anymore because nobody wants to be beat down like that. Nobody. Right. Not me or anybody else. Anyways... So I I slipped and fell into the whole um, teaching thing. Um, I went to school. I went to college late in life. Um, uh, this can I just ramble for a second? No, please. Okay. Do it, 
and I, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's important to, for me to use this time to like give my you know the frustration when I was uh, 33 I was working in a call center um, I was working with people that I didn't like uh, doing things that I didn't like I just I hated it it was miserable I hated life um, I, I I was out on stress leave <laughs> believe it or not had a motorcycle accident uh, that almost paralyzed me um, when I went back my boss at the time, she she inspired me to quit. She said, "If you don't quit, I'm gonna fire you because you don't belong here." Um, and when I left, she gave me she gave me a she gave me a book. You know the song "I Hope You Dance." Yes. She gave me she gave me that in a little book, a little like song book where you could you know little package. Anyways, I went I went to wash windows. Um, me and my buddy had a window cleaning business that allowed me to go back to school. I thought I could get cheap bass lessons by going to a, a junior college in town. And so I did, but they didn't recognize the electric bass. So then I started playing upright. Understand I'd never played an upright before. I had never, um, I'd never played an upright before and I didn't read at all. So here I was 33 years old and it took me forever to finish that. Right. Um, trying to learn how to read music, all that stuff um, with, kids fresh out of high school like standing behind me pointing out measures and stuff and at that time i was also gigging i was gigging i was i was doing some lightweight touring i was traveling a little bit as well so um i wound up getting an aa i transferred to a four-year uh college cal state east bay i got i wound up getting a, a bachelor's in music at 41 in that journey I, I discovered, I rediscovered uh, uh, an interest in learning, but at the time, um, like YouTube was just starting to kind of come out, right? right? And I still have the first like little tutorial video that I ever put up. You know, I then I was like, oh, I kind of like, I kind of like teaching. I kind of like showing. I should use the term showing people stuff because I enjoyed seeing people get from one place to another. And, and, and it, I enjoyed being able to show them things in a way that allowed them to teach themselves. Yes. Right? So after I graduated, I, I, uh, I wound up teaching with a place called Music for Minors in San Mateo County. And uh, for about five or six years, I taught uh, K through five, general music. So I would go in, and I was the guy with the with the all the percussion instruments and the recorders yeah. and all that. Which colors, xylophone, and everything. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. And you know that's where you you know that's one of those places where you learn that you can't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> you know you can't be with second graders, man, and take yourself too seriously. <laughs> yeah. All you need is the seven year old to take you down a peg. That's that's right. That's right. From there, I went to teach at a at a place where I'm still. I, I taught at another high school. Um, where I was still doing one-on-one -on -one, uh, classes, and now I teach at a at a high school called Cova Conservatory in uh, in Oakland, uh, where I teach electric ensembles. That's what I like to call them. They're basically rock and R and B bands. You know, yeah, where I yeah. teach modern and classic um, and repertoire. This is the place that we've seen you like on Facebook, like with you know, you've got like a whole set of kids there, and and kind of coaching them and cheerleading for them, and sometimes like. Waving them off, like whatever they need. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty great. It's pretty inspiring. Like this. Thank know, you, man. You know, having having kids be able to spend time with an adult like that, who you know is not coming out of a book, 
you know, you're not lecturing at them, you're kind of coaching them. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I see in those videos is, you know, somebody's kind of bringing, bringing what they've got out of them, right, into the room. Mm -hmm. That's pretty great. I'm a little Jack Blackish sometimes. <laughs> a little School of Rock sometimes, you know. You know, the world could stand to have a little more, a little more Jack Black, <laughs> Yeah, you're you right. Know? tell myself that right now i'm serious i'm man i'm serious bro I, i'm serious i'm telling my i'm telling myself that right now because you know everybody hits a you know hits a you know comes to a certain place and and then you got to get somewhere else you know it's like um it's like you know think about any road trip you ever took right like hell think about the vacation movies it ain't about right. Wally World. I mean, when they got to Wally World, that was the last five or ten minutes of the movie. It's right. everything right. they did before they got to Wally World. It was the journey that makes right. the movie. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. that is the point. Like it is, a, and if you don't, if you don't hit that wall, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you don't hit that wall, sometimes probably not trying that hard. Like you're not pushing that hard. You're not moving. Like because it's very easy not to hit any walls if you stand still. Mm-hmm. If you move around, if you try to move forward, you eventually you're going to hit something, an obstacle, and it's pushing past that, sure. which is going to get you like that next step. Sure. Like you know, the, the plateau always looks like a wall until you're on top of it. Sure. Right? Sure. I'm just full of cliches today, apparently. It's all good, man. That's bringing up my cliches. It's all yeah. good. But I, I love, like, um, so the education thing's been huge for me because I, like, for me, I came to a point where I realized... Like, I've been skating through stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Skating, and that's what I call practice, right? That's what I call rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, ah, like, you gotta call state of state sometimes, right? You gotta mm -hmm. look in there and be like, what am I really doing? Yep. And it is, is, like, the deeper you go, the, the more you avoid or feel bad that you haven't been doing what you know you should be doing it kind of gets further away unless if you just accept it is right. what it is. Right. And that's just 
part of the journey. Like, you know what, man? I needed to be six years in a salsa band and just figure out how to play to a clave. And, and now I'm here. And I think the, you know, the teacher is somebody who can kind of size that up and mm-hmm. say, well, here's your journey here. This has been your direction or whatever. What's a lot, what are, what is a, like, here is, here's a spectrum of possible next steps, right? Yeah. You anything from here to here. Which right. one of these makes the most sense to you where you are now? Right. And then they kind of take you there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that really is, uh, you know, to, and again, this, I know we're kind of like, we're getting very philosophical here. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it down to earth in a sec. But, you know, the idea I think is that, uh, you know, when I see somebody teaching, whether it's, you know, kids or adults or whatever, or, you know, even just like shouting out there to YouTube, the, you know, the great wide chasm that is the internet and saying, I've got something to show you check this out and just give it generously like that I mean, that's clearly somebody who's trying to help people on that journey and that next step can I can I can I can I sneak in here for for one second yeah. Oh, yeah, you are the interviewee. Well, let me, let me tell you, I, I want to say a couple of things, and then I want to mention something about my kids at the school, because I don't have any kids of my own. Um, Do you want a couple? Nope. Um, <laughs> didn't have to think about that. Never worked. Like that ship has sailed, my friend. So, um, first of all, I think, that, I, think I'm a, I think that I'm a good teacher, and I think that a good teacher is always kind of re-evaluating you know, what it's like to teach and what good teaching practices are, I think. Um, But I think that it is um, a a sign of a good teacher to be honest with people in saying, stop looking for this thing, whatever this thing is, to show up in your playing. You're not going to play that on a gig. You know what I mean? You're not going to play that on a gig, but the thing, you know, like I would, there was a, um, you know, I used to be like, one student in particular I'm thinking about where I would give this little exercise where I'm, I'm like strict alternating these fingers. And the guy wants to learn how to play what is hip. I'm like, you are never going to play what is hip. If you, I mean, never. It, it, it's not going to happen. So I have to be honest with you. The etude that I'm giving you to help you out with these things, I had to remind myself the same thing when I was in, I got my degree not playing upright, not playing uh, electric bass. I got my degree playing classical upright bass a lot of people don't know that but i was playing i was like a uh, i was like a, a kid with a giant violin you know what i mean and my teacher pat clobus would you know would i'd studied with glenn richmond over at chabot and then i studied with pat clobus at cal state you know he would give he would give me these things that seemed i was frustrated because i was like i don't know why am i doing this and then you know it was like here's this capuzzi concerto here's why you were playing that thing but yeah uh, uh, from that, from that, um, I was in New Orleans for two months and I came back. I missed two, the first two weeks of school this year. Now, one of my processes that I do at the beginning of the year is I get together with the kids and I, I'd like to have them in on picking the repertoire for the year. So we're together and, and we start calling out songs and we list them on the board and blah, blah, blah. And so when I came back to school this year after missing two weeks, when I walked into the classroom, two of the seniors who have been with me had already done the things that I would have done. They had already, you know, they had already listed, they already had repertoire picked out and all that stuff. And I almost cried because I was like, this is why, I'm, this is why 
And I teach yeah. at I teach at a school, man, where I, these kids are not gonna be. I'm tangenting a little bit, I know. Um, these kids are not gonna, you know, some of them may go on to be musicians. Some of them may be, you know, may have music in their lives um, as a as a as a as an outlet, as a hobby or whatever. Some of them aren't gonna do w- music at all, um, and and that's fine. But when they if they learn the value of teamwork, if they l- learn the value of of of, of how to how to get from point A to point B. You know what I mean? That's what, that's kind of, I'm, I'm there showing them stuff and music is just the, like the sneaky vehicle to teach other yeah. stuff. And there's like, there's multiple dimensions going on, right? There's, there's responsibility. Yeah. There's how do you deal with problems when they happen. Yep. I mean, there's so many things that you deal with in ensemble playing that all of them are going to teach you. It's not, I mean, the music, yes, absolutely. Yep. Is, primary thing but like you said there are all these other things that you're going to pick up along the way that are life skills right this is i think this is a reason why people get very very passionate about arts in the schools because it's not about teaching people to be actors or musicians right the show ain't about the money no i'm just playing did i say that out loud (laughs) that was my outside voice (laughs) but it's you know it's really about all the other skills that you're building around that that you know adults don't think about because they're in an office and they don't realize that like 50 to 60 percent of what you're doing in an office has nothing to do with what your work is right it's about politics it's about being social it's about you know uh, uh you know having a healthy constructive debate about things about how to do things yeah. learning how to how to like how do you heal problems get people to work together there are all these things that you do that have nothing to do like if you're an accountant you know most of your job is not account i mean if it maybe it is it, i would hate to be that person like, sure you go in and 100 percent of your day every day you do accounting i would say i'm very sorry for that person i don't <laughs> piss off any accountants in the audience that, that's you know like we've got like maybe part-time base playing account sure you know, if, if you're out there i'm really sorry <laughs> hopefully that's not you I'm, but what I'm thinking is like you go in like half your job is that but the other half is just as important and that's what you know that's what happens in, in music so yeah so so I mean I, you know I just did just to you know move on from the, the, the teaching and so forth you mm-hmm. know I, I, I do want to tap a little bit into like your your life as somebody who works professionally mm-hmm. as a bass player mm-hmm. right how mm-hmm. like share with share with our audience like some people out there are probably like super part-timing it mm-hmm. got some people who are like on the verge where they are like semi-pro maybe they're getting paid pretty well it's a good second job for them mm-hmm. you know i don't know who all is out there you know we, we may have the whole gamut you know anywhere from beginners to you know people who are like on the verge of of pro out there mm-hmm. you know what are some of the tools that you use like for example like how do you like what, what's your strategy for like keeping your calendar filled up like how you know, share with us some of the, the techniques or skills that you use for that. You know, I, I it's a little bit different now because a lot of the work that I get is is word of mouth. And it'll be, you know, and, and uh, I you know, but keeping but keeping that word of mouth reputation cool is is crucial because it you know yes. it, it it only takes it only takes one time for the right person to think you're a jerk to yeah. to yeah. like to get your calendar you know a little empty 
Um, I let's dive into that for a minute because mm-hmm. I think that this is something that's like super. You know, we we've it's super relevant to the show. We've talked about this in episodes mm-hmm. about how like how to conduct yourself on a gig. Like here's some do's and don'ts. Like, give me an example of. Do you, do you have maybe and maybe you have one or maybe you've seen one? It might not be you. Maybe it's somebody. You know, I don't want to like share anybody else's secrets, but have you ever seen uh, somebody come on the gig and like do something that you thought was exemplary, where you're like, "That's the thing I need to do in that." You know, if I, if I end up in that situation, that's how I want to come off. Exemplary. Um, way, good or well, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll tell you two things. I'll, and I'll and and one guy I'm gonna call out. I've never had anybody do this. There's a guy in the area named Jason Muscat who is, look him up. He's an absolute beast of a bass player, and he is a sweetheart of a guy. This is the first person and the only person so far. Um, I typically do not backline my rig. I typically don't do it. I don't want to be a jerk, but my stuff is expensive, and. I just don't, you know, I'd rather you bring your own stuff and not blow mine, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'd rather not think that you blew it. Anyway, but if but if but if it but if 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 it's somebody I know, I make an exception, right? Jason is the only person to use my rig. We were on sharing a bill and when I when I lifted my head up at the end of the night, there was a, a there was a thank you card and a $15 uh iTunes gift card in there. And I just yeah. I just thought that that was so classy it was just it, it's just like yeah. the value of saying thank you and i had it i've had another guy use my rig and and treat me as though i would were the help and i was like you're using right. you're using my rig now i'm gonna give you a, an example of something really really egregious though it's one of those things that just I, I, I hate to point it out but i'm going to point it out because it's you never know who's on the gig you never yeah. know who's on the gig and i'm not gonna call any names but there are some there are some 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 decent sized names, um, recognizable names on the gig and with connections, right? So anyway, um, Prince had just passed away, and we were about to do a tribute, and an artist was coming into town, and the artist had given us, you know, charts and everything. We get there, and the artist is coming from L.A. to Oakland. We got this late night. They're coming straight from the from the uh, from the airport to the rehearsal. Guitar player's late, nowhere to be found. Guitar player comes, um, has obviously not listened to any of the music. On top of that, has got like this really nonchalant sort of attitude about it. Right. By the time we get to the gig. It's gotten to the point where the the keyboard player who I had just met uh, wound up calling another guy who did the gig, who did that that portion of the gig, um, and absolutely slaughtered it. And by the end of the night, the keyboard player tells this guitar player, "You just blew a hundred connections tonight." Let me explain to you that. The keyboard player is one of those people that is like so humble, mild-mannered, but in the time that I've known him, every time I realize how deep his connections go, I think about that guitar player and I'm like, you have no, you have no idea. Every time this, this keyboard player thinks of his name, and that's just the way these things work. People think of your name and it takes 
years to get that kind of stuff off your off your record, man. Right. It right. takes it takes you years. Gotta live, you yeah. Gotta, you gotta like live past that at some point. You right? you gotta you yeah yeah so. I'm no longer that guy. Like that that's where you have to get to now. Yeah. Right. As opposed to people thinking about you and saying, "Oh, that's that great guy." Like, oh man, it was yeah. so smooth. Everything went great. And instead, you're like, you have to be like, "No, no, 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 I'm better now." Right. And dude, and 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 full transparency, full transparency. There was a period of my life when I had to go on an apology tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a place where you want to be. You don't want people to to come across people again because you will and 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 have them and have to go back and 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 try to explain. I just saw it in New Orleans, man, when uh, when this when this kid did something at the Maple Leaf and I, you know, and I, and I said, Hey man, look, you know, look, can I give you some unsolicited advice? <laughs> you know, like what you're doing out here is the stuff that people are going to remember. They don't care what you did on the stage as much as what you're doing out here. Everybody's and New Orleans is such a small town. You know, there people are all, already making, making decisions. Can I, can I, can I get them to sub? You know what I'm saying? Can I get him to, yeah. you know, can I send him somewhere? You know, one of the things I, yeah. you know, like, like you reading the room, you know, reading the room, like, you know, when people want to buy you, especially in a place like New Orleans. Oh, can I buy y'all drinks? Well, yeah. when, when everybody in the room, everybody on the stage says water, don't be the guy that says, oh, give me a Jack and Coke. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now that's just my, that's just my, that's just me. That's that's just me. But I want to be the guy. I in, strive to be the guy. I want to be the guy that when they see me walk in the room, they say, "Okay, we gonna be cool." Right, right, right. You know the song's gonna get played. Ain't nobody gonna be tripping. You know. It's, it's partly you know it's, it's, it's a big part of it is a, is about the hang, right? Whew. Are you a person that they can hang with, and then everybody feels good at the end of the night? Yep. Feels, you know, like you've got their bag, they've got yours, as opposed to, you know, it's you can come in and you, know, you can be the the hottest cat as far as playing, but if if dealing with you is hard, it, it's gonna be a lot tougher to kind of make this decision. I mean, it can be done. I mean, if you're if you're somebody who's so stellar that people are willing to write that off, okay, but how many people is that really? Like right. how many people are at that? Yeah, that level where, where where other folks are willing to write off that stuff, right? Yeah. I would say yeah. don't take your job. like I would roll I would roll the dice on that one, you know. <laughs> and it look, man, and it and it, it depends. I guess it depends on where you are too. You know, I mean, I I I live in a place where you know, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a, I'm a good bass player. I I won't I won't self deprecate and say that I'm not I'm a good bass player. Yeah sound that goes off that just like is like the key for like this little star by it that says this is true <laughs> <laughs> no i mean but 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 here's the thing here's the thing and this is and this is super important this is this is super important for anybody to realize i'll be 48 years old this year if i were in my 20s or in my 30s it wouldn't matter you get to a certain point where if you see somebody else if you on a gig and you see somebody else on a gig you got to realize at a certain level Everybody can play. That's right. Everybody can play. Everybody, everybody's good at a certain point. 
It's not like the only places that you're gonna you're gonna see like these standout people is high school and maybe your first couple of years of college. You go to right. Berkeley or you go you know or yeah. or you go to any one of these urban centers in, in, in these churches, everybody's good. That's right, right. Everybody's good. I play. I play so many weddings. Yeah. By the time you get that stuff up, up under your fingers, everybody can play that, and they don't need you to play. They don't need you to play all your licks. They need you to play the baseline of the song. Right. <laughs> Hold it down. They need you to play the baseline, so anybody can do that. Yeah. So at that point, it gets to be. I'm sorry. I, I got my preacher voice on. I'm about to. Well, <laughs> hey, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> One day, you know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? If the music thing don't work out, I'm going into comedy, fellas. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Oh man, have you so so at, at, a, at a certain level? You know, you're 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 getting calls, and you know, so these calls are from you know, whether it's somebody who's who's big regionally or someone who's a national or something like that. I mean, obviously, you care about having your, you know, your 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 reputation or your resume out there to some extent, right? It's it's good that people know this guy's bona fide, right? Sure, he's he's for real. Have you ever run into an issue where? Because I've I've heard other musicians tell me this, they've run into problems where other people make assumptions mm-hmm. about what their calendar looks like or what you know what their requirements are for mm-hmm. a gig or something like mm-hmm. that and they miss out on some gigs that they would love to you know just have like stocking stuffers mm-hmm. these gigs to wrap out their calendar have you ever, has that been a problem for you have you ever run into an issue where you like run into somebody and they're like oh i figured you'd be busy and, yes and, yeah so, uh, so how do you how do you deal with that like what what is the like this i think this is a good practical piece of advice like what's a gracious way to deal with that where people don't feel you know first up first of First and foremost, man, I treat every gig the same way. I don't care if it's if it's if it's Zig, if it's you know, I used to get caught up in names and blah blah blah. Those people, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Every gig is the same. I'm gonna learn the material, yeah. I'm gonna show up on time, my gear is gonna work, I'm gonna dress the part. Period. Right? Yeah. Now, um, uh, just last night, I got a homie, man, and the last few times he's hit me, um, I, I haven't been able to do his gig. You know what I mean? I haven't been able to, to sub for him, and I want to, you know what I mean? Because it's a hot gig or whatever, and I just, I say, bro, just, you know, please don't stop calling. You know, it's just, you know, a lot of times my, my calendar, I try to get my calendar filled in advance. You know, not too, too far in advance, but, you know, you know, we're stepping in the, into October. You know, I'm. I gotta. I gotta keep something on the books. You know what I mean. So it's like a first call, first, first call, first serve. But, but I still want to let people know, man. I'm sorry, I can't do it this time. Please keep me in mind for next time. You know, or whatever. Um, but I just try to. Tr- I, I try to keep everybody um, respected. You know, all that. I used to do a lot of theater work. I used to do a lot of theater work, and I will be honest with you, I did stop doing a lot of that because, um, particularly when I got when I got on with Zig, um, because it was a really really important gig to me, and I never wanted to sub it out ever. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and so I know that I know that you know when people hire for theater players, they typically don't want somebody who's going to sub. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean, so so some folks did kind of get the you know get the idea that if if I had a Zigaboo gig that came up in the middle of a theater run that I was that I was probably going to find a way to sub that out. And so I don't yeah. get those calls as much anymore. And that you know that's okay. That's a, that's definitely a part of my life that I miss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um because I, I really really enjoyed sitting down with an orchestra and you know going through all the rehearsals and blah blah blah. But you know community theater is also can be a ton of work with not a ton of money at the end of it. So in a place like the Bay Area where you're always, always, always driving every place, you got to bill in an extra 45 minutes to an hour just to get to your gig. Yeah, um, right. It gets a little tough. So, you know, that was a sacrifice that that I had to make. But um, and, and, and for, you know, for and, and other and, and other times, you know, e- you know, even what I said earlier about, you know, um, wanting to make the gig easier and blah, blah, blah. You're not going to please everybody all the time. So there's some gigs, you know, I, for whatever reason, just might not be the right guy for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's some, you know, so there's some acceptance that needs to come along with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got you. Th- I, I think everybody should probably know, you know, at some point like this. I know, like I, I would know where my wheelhouse is, and sometimes you want to stretch, and then other times, you know, you really want to figure out is this is this gig going to be good? Is this a good gig for me to take? And there's lots of reasons for that. Like one reason might be, okay, this is a stretch, but it's a good stretch, as opposed to, like, I'm so far out of my element that I like there's no way I can fit the bill, right? And and I'm only going to walk away from here haven't hurt you know these other folks who are looking for like i'm gonna have dashed their expectations they had certain expectations i i'm not gonna be able to meet them right i'm not like i'm not the guy that that nobody's gonna somebody asked me for a gig just recently and i and i was just straight up i was like i'm i'm you know i'm really when i was down in new orleans and it was a long gig you know what i mean and it was gonna be a lot of you know it's gonna be a lot of jazz you know and you know, I, I've got some jazz under my fingers and stuff. You know what I mean? It was, uh, I don't want to name drop. I don't know what to name drop. But it was a well-known trumpet player in New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first, my, my in my heart, my first, uh, you know, mark, go out there and market yourself and, and, and right. network and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then the, the flip side of that is you go out there and you're not the right guy for the gig. You're going to do more to hurt yourself. Yeah, so I, right. you know, I just had to be honest. Hey, man, I'm not, I'm not really that guy. And they appreciate people appreciate you saying, just being honest with that. Funny story. I am gonna name drop this time. Yeah, I was playing at the Edge in Palo Alto years ago, and Maroon Five hadn't hit yet, and Evanescence was like just they had uh, Bring Me Back to Life was, was yeah, was oh, like yeah. the hot mm-hmm. thing. So, yep. matter of fact, I remember taking Jimmy Vita to Kinko's or something in my car. Never, never mind. That's another story. That's another story. But the, the passenger side door didn't work, and he had to jump in and out of the window. But that's another story. But at the time, so Evanescence was on the bill, and they had, the bass player had just quit or something like that. But they were doing the whole Pro Tools rig and all of that stuff, right? And so... um, 
I'm backstage talking to Amy and the manager, and she kind of was like lightweight talking about getting another bass player on the gig. And the manager is looking at me, and he's looking at her, and he's like, every everything about him said, you know this is not the guy for the gig. He's too old. He's too African-American. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's not, you know, look, that ain't no racial thing. That ain't no, you know, but I know, like, you know, like everybody else know, I don't fit that image. You Yeah, you know what that, that band is looking for. Yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, you, it, you know, that's kind of set th- by... That's yeah. set by the masses, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's good to know who. It's good to know, you know, your limitations. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. All right. So here's where we're gonna break in, I think, and and uh, and maybe uh, take a pause because I, you know, we yeah. we had a really nice long talk with Ted, and uh, you know, I think rather than have everybody try and queue up, you know, the next the next bit or remember mm-hmm. where they left off we're going to pull this into another uh segment uh maybe next week so let it yeah. breathe yeah absolutely let it breathe so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed what we had on the show uh this time ted was a fantastic guest if you'd like to you know drop us a line let us know what you thought if you'd like to drop concepts on us or ideas for what you would like to hear in future podcasts, please do that as well. We love listener mail. You can reach us at our contact form on the website, practicalbase.com, or you can email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. You can also reach us through the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Instagram, whatever it is, we're probably out there socialing right now we don't even know how we're doing that simultaneously with recording but it's happening we're doing right it now yeah so so go check it out um get in touch with us don't be shy and we hope that you will subscribe to the podcast just use your favorite pod catching app whether that's on your iphone or your android phone a tablet your mac your pc whatever the case may be just go to the podcast function Look for Practical Base. You can do a search on Practical Base. And when our logo comes up, hit subscribe. You're going to get fresh episodes delivered to you 100% for free every week, uh, courtesy of us, because that's what we love doing. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's it's our, right. It's our way of kind of giving back. And we hope that you'll give back as well by sharing this with other bass players. You know, share it online and social media. It helps us kind of spread the love, it helps other people uh, hear about what we're doing here. So if you like it, uh, share it with someone that that you like. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb. Nice, right? It's a good way to go through life. It is good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we hope you will uh, share good things with the people that you like in your life, just in general. I think you should do that until next week. And until then, I'm Paul Freels, and I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Base. Thank you for listening.